the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Season's over. There's only like what? Eight teams left. What do you mean, like what? You know how many teams can't are left. power rank them anymore. I'm not going to do an 18 power ranking, but I'm addicted to power rankings. So I invent a new thing to power rank. And today, my power ranking is your top 10 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll give you a quick power rankings if you want. Of what? Of the teams that are remaining. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. You got 10 seconds. All right. San Fran 1, Baltimore 2, Buffalo 3, Detroit 4. Uh, everyone or, else. <laughs> you, you, you chickened out. You had four all right, seconds. All right, here, here we go. No, Kansas you City, already, the clock didn't Kansas stop running. Kansas City, five. No, no. Uh, it's over. Who's all left? Houston, it's over. six. It's over. Uh, uh, I don't uh, even know who's Tampa left. Bay. Uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay is somewhere. Uh, and I'm forgetting uh, one uh, team. You failed. All right. Starting at number 10. There is no Who JD. Who am I forgetting? There is no JDQMTC, by the way, because it was hard enough to get to 10. Full disclaimer. Number 10. Are you excited? Are you excited? Yeah, it's the off the couch boys, Miles Jack and Eric Rowe, sharing the distinction. Wow. Number 10. I mean, these guys came off their couch in like week 15 and served major roles on this team's winning streak to get them into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you got to give them a ton of credit. Jack, thank you for your service. I think you should go to retire and yeah. find your life's work. I, 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 I give, give him Rowe credit, a- though, but I give him credit too because he had a tough assignment. Tough and Bella, much Buffalo. worse than Rose assignment. Yeah, right. I mean, right. And just having to be the green dot, right? Immediately. I mean, Roberts came back, so there was a, uh-huh. he took that off of him, but still. But when he uh, came Ro, in, he had to do it. I'd take Roe back at training camp next year, though. A little depth piece there at the safety spot. Yeah, I'm not cool going to ask him to be a starter, but um, they started him in the play, the game against the Bills. He was out there before KZ. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. So, no, I saw that. So I bet they give Roe a decent look. I think Jack, it's time though. But, yeah, but thank you for coming back and yeah, helping, absolutely. Helping thank us you for get the help. Last couple weeks of a season. Uh, all right, number nine. Mm-hmm. This is where it might get a little testy, but I gotta explain myself. Okay, this is where I have Minka Fitzpatrick. Are you saying it could be lower? I think some people might not have him on their list yeah. at all. I think a lot of people's recency bias would kick in there though, because he did look bad in that playoff game, especially on the Shakir tackle. I watched that again last night. I. I have no idea how he didn't bring him to the ground because it's really a great play by Minka initially because he flies up from off the TV screen. He's going to stop him for like a two-yard dump off. It's going to be third and seven. You're going to force the Bills into maybe another field goal and give yourself hope. And then the guy runs right through you. You just just don't finish the tackle. It's the craziest thing ever. It's so unlike him. So I think that game was more of an outlier. Um, I think he was actually really good this year. They asked him to do so mm -hmm. much. He was covering for everybody. Uh, but I think was, what what hurts him also is that there were no splash plays, right? Like that's why I have him low yeah. on my list. Yeah, like some people might say he's not in the top ten at all. Some people might say he deserves to be a lot higher in top tens. Uh, no splash plays and injuries, I think, really kept him back. Even though when he was in there for the most part of the regular season, he was really a a, a glue that was kind of holding this defense together in a lot of ways. One thing though that is interesting, you know, how the Steelers are one and eleven without T.J. Watt. Yes. I believe they're 8-2 and two without Minka yeah. Patrick. So they are easily able to weather the storm that Minka mm-hmm. leaves in his absence as opposed to Just show, It just proves further the value. Who's the most valuable of these valuable players. TJ is, yeah. 
So you don't think that's too bad to put in Minka at number uh, nine? I think, you know, Minka, who can any given year be a, an all-pro talent for you, deserves to be somewhere in the top ten. And like you said, you know, um, with the cornerbacks really struggling without Joey Porter Jr. at the start of the season and then um, having no Minka be in there for a long time. And like you said, they're, they win a lot of the games that they play without Minka. Kind of shows you like what he really means to this team, but when he comes in, he's obviously a valuable piece. I think top ten is fine, but certainly you you would think a guy like Mika Fitzpatrick would be a lot higher. I thought we were going to get the poetry of he didn't have a single pick all season long, and, and then he, he gets, gets the one. one yeah, I thought so too. I thought that's what was going to happen. Uh, instead, he had one of the worst games I can remember. Yeah, maybe the Buffalo. worst. Yeah, maybe Minka. he came back too early because it was. Remember the first injury he had this year? Right. He was out longer than we thought he would be. And then, then he, he comes back and then he gets injured again. Yeah. He was out longer yeah. than we thought he would be. I think this guy was a lot. It was Indianapolis was his first game back, right? I think this guy went, was dealing with then, a lot more than he let on. For sure. And a lot more than And we might hear on. that, you know, in the offseason. He might admit to it saying, yeah, I was too hurt. But I wanted to, I wanted to be there in the playoffs. Number eight. Number eight. The rookie Keanu Benton. Okay, KB. He actually saw some of his playing time fluctuate throughout the season, up and down, up and down, mm-hmm. maybe guarding against that rookie wall. Um, I put him here at number eight because I think he did have a lot of impact on this current team, but I also think the future uh, is very bright for this young man, and I think that with the defensive line aging as it is, especially with Cam aging, you never really had any potential heir apparent avail itself to you until this year with Keanu Ben. And they've certainly cra- tried to take mm-hmm. a bite at that apple with like the Isaiah Loudermilks of the world. Uh, but it looks like this one's finally going to stick. It looks like they finally got a guy. They might not ever be as good as Cam, but someone that you could, you know, hand the reins over to as the leader of that D-line. Mm-hmm. So I really love the season that the rookie Benton put Yeah, in. I mean, it just, I don't, you know, this is your list, but the fact that I don't expect this to be the first and only rookie on this list. Oh, it's funny you say that because number seven is the rookie Broderick Jones. So before we get to Broderick. Yeah, your thoughts on Keanu? The fact that he was the third pick for this team and he's the third rookie. I mean, he will rank as the third rookie just goes to show how great of a draft class this is. And I don't, I don't expect to hear Darnell Washington's name. I don't expect to hear Nick Herbig. Herbig would have been ahead of Washington. You won't hear either of them, yeah. I guess. But the, I like Washington's potential, though. Potential, And you really like Herbig's potential. I do. I think Herbig is going to uh, offer up some flexibility at that position. It just, you know, a lot of depth you were there. so concerned with the depth of this position for however many years now. And the first time they actually drafted someone to help out rather than go out in free agency via Malik Reed or via Melvin Ingram, first time they draft someone, it's I wouldn't you can't really call it a home run, but maybe you can given the 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 reason you drafted him. Not to be the starter, but to be that that key backup. So maybe you can call it a home run in in terms of what you needed him for. I just don't see a misstep in any of their first five draft picks this year. Maybe Darnell like I'm not ready to say misstep yet. He because did a, he, they, it's underutilization of him. But that's not on him. No, and it's not. They, but why but what, make the pick? But then? what they asked him to do, he did very well. Yeah, they and the run blocking. Block and yeah, he was exceptional. Pass blocking. Yeah, yes. right. I think it was all really good, and I'm excited to see Trice. 
I, I so was, am I. I thought that was a diamond. I in the think rough I think pick. he granted he he doesn't get hurt again. I think he can find a way, maybe not onto the starting roster, but certainly onto the fifty three. I, I thought man. that was a diamond in the rough type of pick, and I was ashamed to not see him develop. And you, who knows by week fifteen with the injuries in the secondary, maybe he makes an impact this year if he's healthy. Uh, but on to Broderick at number seven. Yeah, you know, was drafted as a left tackle, ends up getting inserted into the lineup at right tackle. Uh, excels there. Really thought the running game took off when Broderick Jones was inserted into the starting five for the offensive line. Um, you know, everything that we were sold on this guy, he came through on the size, the athleticism, the ability in the running game to get to the second level and use that athleticism, uh, the pass blocking obviously needs a little bit more technique. Uh, but what he lacks in technique and what he might get beat on by a defender, he makes up for in just his sheer size and his skill set. Um, so super pleased with Broderick Jones. You saw, like I said, the catalyst in the running game. Uh, he provided the catalyst. He was the catalyst in that running game. And now it's just a question of, is he going to be a right tackle and continue on that path in his career? Or do you now take this offseason to move him over to the left side of the line where you initially drafted him to? Uh, it's going to be a very interesting storyline that is probably going to be buried somewhat by some slighter uh more attractive storylines like the quarterback but still uh where they position Broderick Jones moving forward I think is going to be a, a fascinating watch. Yeah, I I think so too. I would assume they have to target the offensive line in the draft this year. Now, they finally used a early round draft pick, a not just a second round draft pick but a number 1 round draft pick, a first round draft pick on that offensive line and um, you don't think it's as urgent, right? You don't know if because you got Broderick Jones in the first round last year that you need to necessarily use that first-round draft pick on an offensive lineman again this year. But I don't want them to just say, well, we got Broderick and we feel good about Samalo and we feel good about James Daniels. Um, I still think there's two major additions that need to be made, and that's replacing Mason Cole and that's replacing Dan Moore Jr., and you can't wait until the fourth and fifth round uh, to do that. So I expect um, in both free agency and the draft, in the early rounds of the draft, for uh, Omar Khan and Andy Weidel to address that. And, and I trust them to do a good job with it, too. Number six, I have a Landon Roberts at number six. Wow, I love that. What a warrior! I, first what of all. a warrior! Probably would have been Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander all sharing this spot too if they were to be able to stay healthy because that trio was doing mm -hmm. great work. Honestly, I think Cole Holcomb was playing the best of all of them, but Roberts really shined once those other two went down, mm -hmm. and he, he was the Iron Man. Listen, of this a lesser team. man goes yeah. down with him, for and sure. the Steelers are down all three of their starting linebackers for the rest of the season. He plays through a, a torn groin, like he he plays through so many minor injuries on top of that one and he missed one game i think i, I want to say it was one maybe, maybe one two, or two two games uh but honestly just an awe inspiring performance playing through pain and a guy that i would ride with again next year no question in my mind uh, it's kind of ironic because you thought that he really, maybe he would have been the third stringer on that unit. But he feels like a true stealer to me. 
like a true. Yeah, he's just he earned his stripes. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like it kind of felt I think like we call them diamonds here. He earned his diamonds. Right. Um. It kind of felt like Quan and and um. Yeah, Cole Holcomb were the, were the one and two, two, and then Roberts was the three, but the guy that was your three it turned out to be your most valuable. And he leads guy. the team in tackles for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, has one hundred and one tackles on the year. So great job from Elaine and Roberts. I think very deserving of where I put him on this list. Up right on the outside of the top five. Mm-hmm. He the only game he missed, uh, by the way, was the uh, Seattle game. One game. Yeah, he missed crazy. one game, and they won without him. So they were able to. Weather, yeah. they were able to weather that storm. Not to say that that lessens his value, but time to start the top five. Number five. This is where I have Mason Rudolph. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. They were seven and seven and pretty dead in the water when Uh they decided to make the quarterback change to Mason Rudolph. He ripped off three straight wins. They scored 30 points in two of those three games. He goes into Seattle. He goes into Baltimore. He beats Cincinnati at home, two division rivals, a playoff contender on the road, uh, made it look easy against the Bengals um, and really showed some guile against the Seahawks and the Ravens in tough weather. Goes to Buffalo, red zone interception. That's the backbreaker. But he threw two tutties, and he had 229 yards in his playoff debut in a really rough environment and was able to get off the mat and make it so that the Steelers were only down by seven points in the fourth quarter of that wild card game. Um, He had a short sample size. I'm basing this on four games and a snap in the Colts game. But I I really couldn't find... uh, an argument to keep him out of the top five at number five. No, you had to include him. It was just a matter of where. And given, you know, if he'd come in for Kenny Pickett and they win two out of three maybe, um, and they lose or they don't make it to the playoffs, maybe you don't put him on this list. I don't see. I, I wouldn't have had any reason to put him on this yeah, list right. if that would have been the case. But it's not. And now we're at the point where... We're talking about I want him back, and I want to see if he gets a legit shot at maybe being a starter next year for this. A fair shot. What a what a wild three sixty five it's been for Mason Rudolph. If Kenny Pickett, and I don't know if that's a good thing, but if Kenny Pickett somehow comes into camp next year into Latrobe and earns QB one for next year, I don't know what I'll think. Because will that just signify that Mason really was just kind of this Cinderella esque guy that had a very short window of success? No, you know what we'll be thinking then. We'll be thinking Kenny. Kenny figured something out. He looked. Like no, Kenny. I mean, Kenny looks good. It could be the opposite because it could be the, the same way that when Kenny was a rookie, and even this past year when Mason looked better in camp, you 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 were saying or we were saying that, uh. Like, that's not what we thought was going to happen. Like, we thought that Kenny could just take it over. So I don't know if, if Kenny comes in and just wins it next year. I All I know is this, Tom, is that never again will I fall for preseason football. After yeah, watching, yeah, you after will. watching the Steelers yeah, go three and zero and run over the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Bills, yeah, you and thinking will. that could translate into regular season football, I, I will not fall. You'll for You'll be it. right back there next year. <laughs> Kenny's bombing it against the Panthers. This looks great. You'll be right back. Number four. So I have George Pickens. I like it, and this I think is 
you know, a pick that some people, again, might have some recency bias, don't like the helmet throwing on the sidelines against the Bills, even though we debunked all that on yesterday's episode, saying that it was all about the refs. It wasn't not about to do the, with the teammates team or coaches. Yeah. Yep. He was in a thousand yard receiver this year. Yeah. And on not a on lot of this catches. Team, on this team. On not a lot of catches. We have talked ad nauseum about quarterback play and how poor it's been. And they still produced a 1,000 yard receiver in George Pickens. Uh, had some highlight real type plays too. Uh, took over the game against the Bengals. Had the big touchdown against the Ravens earlier in, in round one against Baltimore uh, to beat them. Um, yes, it was a very. A uh, volatile year for George Pickens in year two in the NFL, but I think it was a success when you look at those numbers, and it leaves you wondering what if there's competent quarterback play for a full 17-game slate. How much can how much damage can this guy do? Yeah, I I would love to see that. I I think he still is maybe the number one guy on this team with the biggest ceiling or with the highest ceiling. Yeah, I mean, when I see a receiver get a thousand yards in a bad quarterback year, you know that thinks of like a that that reeks of like a Hopkins or a Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, somebody like who that, I was thinking that of, always yeah. found a way to put up their numbers despite below the line uh, players throwing them the ball. And in a way, Pickens did that this year. Uh, found a way to get his numbers uh, despite bad quarterback play and times where he was just quiet. Like he had the games where he had two catches, he had three catches. Like he wouldn't do anything. So. Right. And, uh, I mean, look at the season finale against Baltimore. Yeah, no catches, zero catches. targets. And he didn't whine or throw his helmet. But, yeah, I think I think what's important to note is that something obviously clicked. I think he saw – I think – I not maybe clicked within him. Maybe it did, but I think something should have clicked externally for everyone watching and saying all he wanted to do was win, right? He cares about winning. The, the frustration you saw wasn't necessarily – Maybe he was selfish to a degree because that Jalen Warren block. He wants to win, clearly, because in that last game against Baltimore, was hell without a catch. You didn't hear him at all. All week long, immediately after the game, post-game, on social media, on his end, nothing about how upset he was that he got zero catches. All he cared about was that his team won and they were in the playoffs. So maybe some people need to maybe step back and say, maybe he was frustrated like in a similar way that he was with the refs, uh, against uh, Buffalo this week, maybe that frustration you saw out of him earlier in the season was just, we're not winning, and I can help this team win, and I'm not giving that chance, and therefore I'm not giving this team a chance to win. So I, I hope, I hope that we don't see a regression in the quarterback play, which could equate to a a frustrated George Pickens. Because I really think he has the highest ceiling of anyone on this team. Number three, yeah, a split. Between oh, okay. Najee Harris yeah. and Jalen Warren. Have to. I was, I was wondering if you were going to split them up or keep them together. No, I kept them together. Um, I'll give a little bit of an edge to Najee, but between the two of them, they totaled about 1,800 yards Ridiculous. of rushing. Uh, that is a very refreshing thing. And also, just you know, to kind of pull it back a little bit more, remember two years ago when they were the worst rushing team in the NFL? And... Uh, both in rushing the ball and in and stopping the run defensively. Yeah, right. And Mr. Rooney said that we need to get better in both of those areas. They have, they have in both of those areas. Now they didn't stop the run that great against the Bills, but they're a much better run stopping defense, and they can run the dang football on offense now. They can um, what? These two run the dang ball, Bert, with these two guys. I know they had a rough game against the Bills, but I'm very 
high on Najee and Warren's return next year, although I would have Najee return on one last year for his contract. I would not pick up that fifth-year option. That's tough. But it's not. But again, like now, see, this is what happens. You say that, and then I feel like you know, if, if a player hears that or you know, if Najee hears that, it's like, oh, great, just hating on me. I guess I'm not good enough. Look, I think you were great at the end of the season. I just ranked you the highest-rated offensive player on this team for 2023. It's just the nature of the position, man. Like, I just I just can't, in good business, give you that fifth year right now. I want to see at least one more year. And if you stay healthy through that, then I guess we talk franchise tag. But I, I just I can't bring myself to picking up that fifth-year option, as fair as that might be, yeah. based on his play First steal running back to have a thousand yards in his first three seasons. First running back in the NFL to do that since Alfred Morf- Morris in twenty twelve to twenty. Hard to believe, but it's just the nature of the beast, man. It's right. the position you play. Now I love Najee and I love Jalen Warren. Um, and I got to give credit. You know, we were just talking about Najee a, l- a little bit. Let's dive into Jalen Warren. Easily could have just been a guy that was undrafted and came into the league and had a decent rookie year and then kind of fell off. Just got better, right? Yes. And I expect him to improve and to continue to get better. Um, but now that you mentioned the Najee contract thing, I mean, Jalen Warren came onto this team a year after Najee Harris did. So this team could have four or five great years of running back play, and they might both be off the team in the near future and the not so distant future. And, you know, you might be back to square one. So you. You have to capitalize. I think there's a lot of players on this team, um, some of which we already named, some of which we have yet to name, and then these two guys included, that you really have to say to yourself, all these great players, you don't want to waste that window. You you wasted, let's be honest, you wasted the window when you had the killer bees and peak Ben, right? Oh, big time wasted it. You can't waste another window. And I'm not I'm not trying to say that the next quarterback is as good as Ben, and the next wide receiver is as good as AB. I might, I might actually argue that this tandem of Najee and Jalen is just as good, if not better, than Le'Veon Bell alone. What would you say to that? Meh. Le'Veon was such a freak. Yeah, like one of the coolest running backs I've ever seen in my life. But it's, it's. I mean, they're up there, right? No, as, they're not. The, they're far from the problem. That's for sure. No, exactly. Right. So uh, you don't want to waste that window with all these guys on offense and defense. Well, sorry, looks like you're wasting it a little bit. Because yeah, of the shelf you, life you for, are. But yeah. it's just a shelf life for running backs. I mean, they don't have a long. No, run. I'm not just saying. I'm not just saying the two of them. The whole team. There's talent all over. Number two, JPJ. Yep. Yep. Joey Porter Jr. Uh, great to have a shutdown corner again in Pittsburgh. Uh, that is something that I think Tomlin and Austin are going to have a lot of fun in the offseason building up, you know, new schemes, new new yeah. ways of utilizing Joey Porter Jr. And thinking about those matchups with the Bengals and Jamar Chase and now with the Zay Flowers and the Ravens, you know, just, it's nice to have Joey as that eraser for premier wide receivers Definitely. in the league. Um, he came in late, uh, got a later start to the season and excelled really never had a moment where I think he put a foot wrong or got burned or anything like that. Just just an incredibly solid rookie campaign from the young corner. Yeah. I mean, his only criticism was probably the big negative coming out of college, which was he's handsy and he's going to get a lot of penalties because he did. But he did, but he got a little little bit better. Yeah, he got a little bit better. Um, 
I, I I hope that whatever injury he suffered from that ridiculous hit from that Bills offensive lineman uh, doesn't linger, right? I hope he has a full off season of healthy. Yeah, it should be okay. Recovery, yeah. Concussion maybe, but he'll yeah. He's got all the time in the world to recover from. And that. now you know, un you know, kind of like the thing we were talking about with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, he's got a whole off season now where he's CB one. You know, he's he's gonna get George Pickens and Deontay in every single rep. Um. Should should only help him. I, you're you're almost speechless because it's been so long since the Steelers have had that shutdown guy, and you finally have him, right? I mean, I think I saw on a, a, a graphic during the Bills game, he had the best completion percentage allowed of, uh, among all cornerbacks, not just rookies, among all cornerbacks. He's his, he had a Sauce Gardner type rookie. It's ridiculous that he's not higher on the defensive rookie of the year list. And number one. Uh, you going Eddie Faulkner and Matt Canada? That duo? Matt Canada. Uh, Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan, sorry. Come on, son. Come He's on, son. He's been number son. one for like three straight years. It's TJ It Watt. might be longer than that. It's TJ It's TJ. 19 sacks, led the league, third time. No one's ever done that before. Already a Steelers great, a Hall of Famer. I think he's already pretty much punched his book to Canton. Yeah, too. how annoying would that be, uh, or is that rather, if he does lose, like, is, say he say all these people who are talking about Garrett or Micah being more worthy, and if they just came to their senses and it was a runaway, you know, vote for TJ to get it, two depoys, three years leading the league in sacks, you'd say right now he's a Hall of Famer for I sure. I would say right now he's a Hall of Famer for sure. And he's a lot of fun to watch in the black and gold. Another uh, great defensive player carrying on that tradition on that side of the ball. Uh, hopefully he wins Depoy. Don't hold your breath, though, because it seems to be an agenda against yeah. him and for Miles Garrett. But he'll be our Depoy for sure, and he is our number one Steeler. And that is your top, really, 12 Steelers of 2023 because a couple of guys split it, the Couch Boys and yeah, uh, right. Najee and Jalen. But uh, I think so I did, I think I did names, a pretty good job. Should we address some of the names that were left off? If you want to. Um Cam. She didn't have that great of a year and was High Smith. Yeah, Highsmith had seven sacks, but I feel like he underwhelmed. A lot of people like to give him credit for kind of creating sacks, but yeah. that then that's kind of counterintuitive. You're getting Garrity. You're getting Miles <laughs> Garrity right there. Yeah, you are. Um, no Deontay? Yeah, probably right off. No Pat. Deontay only had seven hundred yards this year. Yeah, but scored a lot. Scored some touchdowns. He finally found the paint. Pat had like two good games, really. Yeah. Um uh, Pat Pete at safety, maybe at safety, not at corner. At safety, though, he was good at safety for three weeks. Um, I guess that's the big names. I think I did a great job. Cam Deontay. I'm not saying you left these guys off and they deserve to be on it, but the names that were noticeable that Cam were, Deontay Highsmith. Yeah, fair. But I think it's also fair that those are three names that we had higher expectations than what they yielded on the field. Yeah, for sure. I think Deontay. Nah, he scored, but he needed more yardage, needed more catches, and he dropped the ball a couple times too this year. Yeah, well, what was the one where he against? Was it the Jacks where he didn't get his foot down his foot or something? And then like there that. was another one where he just didn't make the catch. Just still had some of those problems drop yeah. jumping up for him. Uh, but I, again, those three guys that are left off the list, I'm not saying they had bad years. Just saying, I don't think that they met my criteria to be considered in the top ten. Yeah, for players sure. that shaped this season for Pittsburgh. 
We're going to talk about uh, the divisional playoff round when we come back on Friday and obviously left some more fun things to nosh on Steelers related. Until then, that sounded like a boat starting up, That not noshing on like anything. Kobayashi. He's Jacob Recht. He's an idiot. Uh, hey. I'm Tom Offerman. Hey. And we'll be back on Friday with some more Steelers standard.